Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Since 91, Tracy Lawrence has sold over 13 million albums with 18 number ones, including the song Sticks and Stones and Find Out Who Your Friends Are. And he's racked up top vocalist awards. Originally known as the bad boy of country, Tracy has had his share of troubles, which includes being shot. He's recently released his first studio album in five years, Headlights, Taillights, and Radios. And Tracy is joining us today to tell you all about his new album, his new single, and his tour. Tracy Lawrence here on our show. Headlights, taillights, and radios. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you, ladies. Great <laughs> to talk to you today. Great to have you with us. Okay, so you recently just restarted everything, rebuilding from the ground up, reinventing Tracy Lawrence. So what did you find out? You know, uh, I found out that it was time for me to really uh, figure out where I wanted to go musically, and I decided that I needed to kind of challenge myself and get a little edgier and cut some uh, rangier things and challenge myself as a vocalist, and that's what you'll find on Headlights, Taillights, and Radios. Yeah, some of those songs have some pretty wide ranges. They do, yeah. They really challenge me. Uh, I know there's a few of them that I can't do back-to-back in the show. I had to okay. space them out with a couple of things because they, uh, they kind of tack me a little bit, but okay. they sure are fun. Okay, now when you were in the studio recording those, how did you approach that? Did you do like verses at a time, and or how did you work it? There were several of them that I did have to break up in sections where I would okay. do the choruses separately and then go back and do the verses. It was really a, a being, you know, coming out of those choruses where they're so dynamic and powerful and, and dropping back down and being more delicate in the verses was definitely a challenge. So I did do them in sections. Yeah. Now, was this range thing something you've always had or before this album, did you kind of have to work with a vocal coach or do a lot of exercises to get up there? No, I've always been pretty blessed. I have a pretty wide range, but this really kind of pushed it and made me really have to work on some breathing things, lay off the cigarettes for a while, okay. all that good stuff. <laughs> Are you more of a morning studio singer, or do you like to record at night? Uh, you know, I used to be a, a late evening kind of guy, but I, I'm more of a, you know, like to get the studio, I like to do a 10 o'clock session in the morning. I like wow. to try to get started early. I usually wake up about 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning these days. Kids have changed my life uh, a lot. They always do, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, the latest single, Lie, is a power ballad, and, and you kind of like those. I do. I've had a lot of success with them over the years. Uh, it's something that I uh, I think I'm pretty good at. Uh, I've had a couple of big ones in my career. Mm-hmm. So this one was a little bit reminiscent of one of my early hits called Today's Lonely Fool that I, I liked a lot. And uh, you don't find a lot of these around Nashville anymore. So I felt really blessed that I actually got my hands on this song. If you just joined us, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. We're kicking it country with Tracy Lawrence. Okay, and how do you pick the songs that you end up recording? I know you've written some of them, but the others. You know, I uh, I just go through a burn process where as I uh, pick things out, I make a comp disc and I just listen to them repeatedly. And, and uh, they have to pretty much hold up to a lot of my personal scrutiny over a period of time. So okay. by the time I get to the studio, I've usually listened to them all for several months, weeded a lot of things out, been through the barrage of just over and over and over listening. So really by the time I get in the studio, I kind of have everything sequenced out in my mind. I hear where the transitions are going to be. I pretty much know everything that I'm going to do by the time I get to the studio. Probably feels, by the time you get to the studio, it feels like you've written it almost. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I have to th- have things, even if I don't write them, I have to have a personal connection to them. I have okay. to feel some kind of bond to it, you know, lyrically, musically, something. It's, it's got to really be something that I connect to on a personal level. Well, your voice comes across so personal, like you've lived it or experienced it, so you can tell that. I hope so. I think that's part of the charm of country music, uh, at least what country music used to be. <laughs> uh, I, I think artists that really connected with the songs, I've recorded songs that have been floating around Nashville for several years. I, I think songs are supposed to find the right artist. Sometimes they have to wait for a little while before the right person connects with them. And sometimes those songs were recorded by other artists before you recorded them, and they ended up as hits for you. Yeah, you know, I've really not done remakes of very many uh, over the years. I did a remake uh, of Somebody Paints the Wall on my first record that George Jones had cut years before, but he never singled it. So I've, I've really uh, always, for the most part, looked for original stuff. Uh, Used to the Pain was a song that Mark Nestler had out in the late 90s that I recorded and thought we did a great version of it. Uh-huh. But I think the trick about if you're going to re-record something, you have to make it better than the original. You have to really connect with it. You have to... Have have that magical relationship with it that takes it to a, a, a different, more unique place that yeah. makes it more personal. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. Now, would you say, does the term bad boy of country music still fit? No, not at all. Okay. I carried it proudly and waved the flag long and hard, but, uh, you know, the last several years, I'm at a different place in life. I'm a, I'm a husband and a father and a businessman, and, you know, I, I'm lucky if I catch the weather at the 10 o'clock news. I'm yeah. usually in bed <laughs> early. I mean, I've, I've made a lot of lifestyle changes. Okay, okay, got it. And would you say you're in a happier place? Oh, much so. Okay. Uh, much more uh, emotionally stable. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So you mentioned a businessman and you have your own label. Is that something that came naturally to you or did you kind of have to learn the business? It came pretty natural. You know, I've, I've managed my own career since the mid-90s through okay. the heyday of my career, so I've always been extremely hands-on with everything that I've done. I can't imagine relinquishing the reins to really anybody at this stage of my life. I like having the freedom to, to do the music that I want to do. I don't know how well I would fit into the new label models these days. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, uh, I know too much about how the industry works, and I just like doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah. And you've made a place for yourself, and you've been in the industry for over 20 years so what well, you- almost 25 years wow so what would you say the key to staying relevant I think you just have to stay very passionate about what you do. I think as long as you do that and you don't just settle with what you did yesterday, as long as you keep growing and moving forward, success cannot be measured by a dollar figure or, or, you know, the number of people that you put in a building. I I think success is a personal thing for different people. Mm -hmm. And being able to find happiness at this stage of my life and being able to continue to do what I do for a living and, and continuing to enjoy it makes me very, very successful. Now, when you imagine yourself starting out at 23 when your debut album was released, would you have imagined yourself in this place? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see myself more as the lifers like uh, George Jones and Merle Haggard. Uh, I don't ever envision retiring or getting off the bus for too long. It's Uh uh, it's something that I'll do as long as I'm physically and and health-wise and capable. Gotcha. What advice would you give someone just starting out in the country music industry? I think you have to learn as a new artist to bend. 
you're going to have to do some things early on that might not be exactly what you want, but you have to find how you fit into the system that you're in label-wise. And okay. sometimes you're going to have to uh, give a little bit to get a little bit. And as your career grows and you uh, get more leverage, you can get more control of what you do. But you've got to you've got to give in to some things over, over the first several years and, and balance it. Okay. Now, how did you approach what you would give on and what you wouldn't? You know, uh, I stood my ground early on with uh, several things and and, uh, had a few uh, intense rounds with my label head, but, you know, I I wound up uh, giving in to uh, some songs, but at the same time, when I would would give in to things that they knew I didn't want to do, I would always ask for something else. I mean, it it allowed me to start producing. You know, I gave in to a couple songs early on with the understanding that I wanted to produce a few things on the next record, and, and they agreed and allowed me to produce Texas Tornado and Any Fool Can See and the uh, song Renegades, Rebels and Rogues on the Maverick soundtrack back then. So, okay. you know, you've got to end and move and, you know, when you have the leverage, you have to give a little bit and record a couple of songs you don't want to, but you can get something on the other side. So you negotiated. Absolutely. Yeah. Country great Tracy Lawrence kicking it with you here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And then we have our question of the day before we let you go. It is, what do you do personally in your life when you feel your confidence waning or you feel that you're doubting yourself? Is there anything personally that you like to do? You know, I think we all go through that. I still have periods where I go through it. And, you know, I'm not a holy roller or anything, but I Uh found that when I pray a lot and just kind of give it up, the right answers typically come to me. And a lot of times if I'm just patient and I ask for help, uh, he'll give me peace. Okay. Put me in the right path. So now did you learn that the hard way? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So when's the book coming out? Uh, you know, I'm, I've been talking about it for a few years. I don't think I'm quite ready to go there yet, but okay. it, it will come in the next you, few you got to live a little more, huh? Yeah, I've got to let my kids get a little bit older. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some things I don't think I'm ready for my family to have to process yet. Gotcha. <laughs> Wait till they have a little more experience. Then they'll understand, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> okay, Tracy, thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you, ladies. Have a great week. That was Tracy Lawrence here with us today on the Mulberry Lane Show. We'll be right back with the wrap-up. Stick around. Here's the new song by Tracy Lawrence called Lie. Well, I'm dying to know, but I'm scared of the truth. So before you say a word, consider what this heart's been through. Then lie. Don't tell me that she looks amazing. Just lie If she's with someone else I just can't take it Tell me she looks sad and lonely Tell me she's been missing me like crazy Yeah, just look me in the eye And lie 